In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Are you a healthcare practitioner that wants more traffic, higher quality leads that come in pre-sold on your services? The number one tool to do that is videos of your patient stories. At Authentic Web, we've been crafting online video case stories for 10 years now. To learn how to craft the perfect patient video story that sells your services, go to iangarlic.com slash patient. That's I-A-N-G-A-R-L-I-C dot com slash patient or click on the show notes and click on the link. All right. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show live on Facebook. I've got an incredible, incredible guest. I'm super excited. Talked to him a few times. Great guy, but I mean, super successful. Has built the largest clinic in the world, correct? Yes. Dr. Chris Zeno and uh, founder of the IamHero.com project, doing incredible stuff, has an incredible story. And let's start there for people that Dr. Zeno, thank you so much for being here. Tell us your story because it is incredible. Yeah, and I appreciate you. You love the whole art of story. Yeah, my story was in you know, 1998. I won Mr. America, right? So I looked a certain way, felt a certain way. Personal trainer. I worked for uh, some of the Orlando Magic because I lived in Orlando, Florida, and Universal Studios. I don't know if you guys remember. This is dating your age. Uh, if you remember Xena, Warrior Princess, and yes. Hercules, they would film – most of it in New Zealand. That's where they did Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But they did a lot of B-roll and and uh, set stuff in Universal Studios Florida. So I got to be one of the trainers on the set because I had this Mr. America title. So I had in my 20s just an awesome job. And at 26, I, you know, I met my wife, Whitney, and we got married. And six months into the marriage, I thought I had a stomach bug, and it just never went away. And it got worse and worse, and I started bleeding every time I went to the bathroom. And now I'm going to the bathroom like 10, 12, 15 times a day, bleeding. And... I'm just not saying anything because I'm, you know, number one, I'm young. Number two, I'm a guy and I think it's just going to go away. And then I went on Google. I played Google MD and I typed in blood in stool and the thing popped up cancer. I'm like, man, you know, so I had a dad who died of cancer when I was 21. My grandfather never met because of cancer. And I'm sitting there going, oh my God, is this a 26? Like, is this, is this it? And then I went into denial. I just shut, shut that off. And I'm just, you just don't know what to do. And then the day my wife found out about this, I was at a TJ Maxx because it gets to the point where I'm going to the bathroom. I, I have this urgency and you can't like – I would have to see the, where there was – everywhere I went, I looked where the bathroom was just in case. And I got to the point where I couldn't hold things anymore and I was at a TJ Maxx and their bathrooms in the back were under construction. And I'm like, where's your bathroom? I'm like, just go outside, sports authorities next door. And I didn't make it, man. So I'm walking out, trying to get there and right there in front of a full store of people – you know, imagine losing your bowels, but it's just not losing your bowels and your genes. It's blood, it's mucus, and it really, it was the probably 
the the uh, the deepest, darkest, depressed time of my life, and then just people were shocked. It was really a bad place, and so I ran out the side of the loading dock, and then I called my wife, and that was the day she found out because I did such a good job of hiding it. And we went to the hospital, and they did a colonoscopy, and they diagnosed me with an incurable incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis. They said I'd have it forever. I'll need multiple surgeries. I was put on tons of drugs like prednisone, really tough, harsh drugs, and and none of that stuff was working. And about in four months, I went from 230 pounds to down to about 158, went to the best doctors in Dallas, Texas for digestive disease. I was on Remicade. I had medically induced hepatitis. Me hepatitis, I'm being treated for that. Organ rejection medication, wearing a mask, immunocompromised, and now I was a week and a half away of getting my entire colon taken out. Uh, with the, and I would have a colostrum bag the rest of my life. They said I was sterile, so I couldn't even like store sperm. They said, "Listen, there's no chance of you ever having kids from the medication, and we got to remove your colon." And they said, "Listen, you're on three organ rejection medications, and just to let you know." There's no real possible way we could remove your colon with your immune system this low and you not get some massive infection. So chances are you're going to, you're going to, it's not the surgery that's going to be most dangerous, but it's going to be the infections you will get after this. And, um, I flew home to see my mom. My mom lives in Sarasota, Florida and I lost, I mean, two sons. I lost two brothers. She lost my dad. So my mom's going through son number three. And, uh, you know, she sends out that prayer email that any mom would. The prayer email is like, please help my son. Everybody's coming back. And then my anatomy teacher from 10th grade says, listen, I need you to go see my uh, doctor. He's a chiropractor care chiropractor. And to me, that was the most absurd thing in the world because it's like there was I, – I didn't know how like a massage therapist would help an incurable disease, right? Like I wasn't able to put it together because my experience with chiropractic was someone who taped my ankles and stretched my hamstrings in high school. And uh, I told him, I appreciate you. And it's amazing. When you're on the journey, you know, certain people come in your life at a certain time to give you a question or to speak something that could t- change things around. I'm like, listen, I appreciate you. I go, but uh, I tried everything because I did. I'm disciplined. I, I took the I did everything they told me to do. And he told me this. He goes, no, you didn't try everything. He goes, because if you tried everything, you would have had your health. And that was the challenge. I'm like, he's right. It kind of woke me up. So I went to see this guy, Dr. Roger. And. He talked about the nervous system, how the brain controls everything. And I went back and I saw my spine. He took extra. I was trapped, but I never had lower back pain. And as ripped as I was on stage, I never saw the damage that was there. And then uh, I just told him, I go, well, when am I going to get better? And again, he challenged me with this. He goes, listen, as long as you are doing the same thing you've been doing, as long as there's damage there, your body's not in the, in the uh, environment to heal itself. He goes, but when you choose to correct your problem that you have or your blind spot, then your body will be in the environment to be able to heal itself. He goes, but the day and the time you're asking me, he's like, that's not up to me. That's between your, you and your body. He goes, but you will get better if you don't quit on yourself. And that was the most honest answer I had. And Three months go by, I'm still same thing. Now, so that sucks. 90 days, still seeing blood. Um, five months, I'm off all the meds. Okay, still seeing blood. And at seven months, there was no more blood. And that was uh, that was 15 years ago. My body healed itself from, from an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis. And it really was a point in my life that my life could have went in two directions. If I chose the surgery, I would have been a victim. I would have claimed the disease was just the cards I was given. But... Looking back 15 years, what scares the hell out of me is like, 
taking care of my wife, having two beautiful boys I never would have had. Uh, I found my purpose through going through that. I became a chiropractor. We built the largest clinic in the history of the profession, helping hundreds of thousands of people around the world. Financial, just an amazing with you. It's all because one person took the time to tell me, and then I made the choice. See, was so like I made a choice that really changed the traje- trajectory of my entire life. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an inspiring story and scary story too. But I mean, super scary. It's super scary, and but you know, so many people have just laid down and said right. that's it. Um, right. So you know, I want to get into how you've grown the business, what yeah. you've done in video and that. But I, you know, you've found your purpose. Mm-hmm. What what did you find your purpose? Where was that moment where you're like, "This is my purpose"? Because there's a lot of people out there that I mean, I know you help people find their purpose, but what? How did you find that purpose? There's there's all these unknowns in our life. Everybody's afraid of the unknown or the uncertainty. Why? Because we were raised that way, right? First grade. What's next year? Second grade. Then third grade. So our whole entire childhood, we always knew the next step. Right. So then what happens when you get to, you know, after college and then you're like, okay, I'll get married. I got to get a career. So we all have these things we got to check off, but we don't realize that the unknowns is where the genius is. It's where the opportunity is, where the relationship is. Just, just think of like, if you guys are watching this right now, you didn't like, just think of all the things that have happened to, you know, even get to this point. So sometimes like in any hero's journey that there's a point where, you know, in the moment, even though that, that, that experience, I don't mean call it a disease, that experience totally sucked. In that moment, my story was being developed. You know, my origin story, you know, you guys look at superheroes and like Marvel, the or like when we're going through a tough time, don't see it as being a victim seen as my origin story is being developed here. And so I never would, what do you kid? I never had a desire, never would have went and even considered chiropractic unless it totally changed my life. So then that's the choice. That's the path I chose. You know, I got my doctor in there. But now the next part when we talk about video, now when you have this purpose or this message, it's a, you know, it could be the same thing. Now, uh, and you know your superpower. So mine was like chiropractic. That was a superpower. Was I went through this uh, experience, right, so I could inspire others versus me telling you research. Like nothing beats – see, words, words don't teach. Experience does. So then I had to figure, so what's my vehicle of influence, Right, so what's my vehicle to get my message out? Some people, if you're watching this, it might be writing. You might be an amazing writer. My vehicle was video and was speaking. So I doubled down on video and speaking because to me, video, um, because there's some people that are a great speaker, but when you put in front of a camera and there's this lens, you freeze because you need the energy of people. For me, that I love speaking in front of people because I had an ability to be like I am right now. A hundred percent transparent. That was, that was another superpower of mine. It's like, if I could, I mean, I'll tell you, I shit my pants, like, yeah. because I'm willing to take it all the way down there because I'm showing you, like, I, I have nothing to hide. And so I was able to do that through video and through speaking. And I spoke, or I spoke probably four or five times a week in over 13 years and telling my story as the foundation of why I do what I do and how I help people. And that is the sole – guys, that was the sole thing that grew my practice. To um, At our peak, we saw 2,800 people per week. 2,800 people walked through the office per week uh, in, in the peak of it. And people are like, so what's your cool marketing thing? My marketing thing was I was able to tell my message through the vehicle that I chose, which was video and speaking. And like I didn't, I didn't diversify. I found those two vehicles and I went all in and uh, put all my eggs in one basket. 
I think it's a big thing. You know, I mean, that's amazing that you did that and you're telling your story and you're getting it out there. But mm-hmm. so many people get, I, you first started with your story where I think right. most people start with the vehicle and, and actually chase the vehicles. They chase the, the platforms. Like I got to be on Twitter. I got to be on Facebook ads. I, you know, we talked about LinkedIn ads before, but you started with story and you know, you and I before the, the, the show were talking about LinkedIn ads and they work and LinkedIn and they work and it's going to be easier for you to move over to there because you have an awesome story and something to share. Um, but you started with your story. Hey, where was the moment though with video? Because I mean, video doesn't work right away. Like you, right. you, you I'm sure you made a few videos and no one watched them. So you got to keep pushing yeah. forward. Where was that moment in your videos where you're like, I'm connecting to people? It was when I stopped. Uh, it's when I stopped looking at the teleprompter. It's when when I just was able to feel super comfortable. And because you're so right, words. I could I could have the best script in the world, but still not connect with people. So there's this there's this fourth dimensional thing. There's this connection that could happen through writing, through video, through speaking. That that it's the, the intentions come. Right. And just to give you a little background on video, uh, my dad started one of the first video companies back in the 70s. So he did video, and he had these big freaking cameras and these big recorders and Beta, you know. And I used to carry the battery pack for him and. And so we did video like weddings and bar mitzvahs. So my, so I was around video, not really on it, more behind the scenes. But for me, you know, you know what it was? I think it was about being congruent because if I was to pick up my phone, am I more apt to read something or am I, or am I more apt to watch something? And I really like watching. So I just kind of, I just kind of did the thing that I would be attracted to just to be congruent. Like, I, I would rather watch a video than read. So that's what led me towards that. But um, you know what it was is I would just do the video scared. You're right. I did it scared. I didn't know what people would think. But I just did it anyway because the video for me telling my story was therapy. Because remember when, when you have and, – and definitely what I want to get to uh, with our conversation together is I definitely want to address people that are listening to this. And the biggest fear I have for you is you're sitting there going, well, I don't have a story like you. So let's make sure we address that because that's a lie, all right? But so I said, listen, just me speaking my story was therapy for me because that the fact that I was to speak it and speak it and, and claim that testimony, like it really allowed me to heal. Like where I said, I don't even call it a disease. I call it an experience. I could laugh about it. I could tell you stories of me crapping my pants in public and some funny things that happened. And the reason why I could laugh about it and and uh, is because I – it was an experience in my life that looking back, it was, a, it was the greatest blessing and like shifting of my life to propel me into the life I have now. And so you really see it as, wow, that really was an amazing origin story. So it's taking something that was so negative and so destructive in the moment and turning it for good. And that's where video helps. So I was able to get that through across through video. And then sure enough, people would say, hey, listen, uh, can you help with this? Or do you think it would help with that? And then it just kind of became this, this grassroots movement. And then I just did the same thing I did on video. I would do live. Uh, I would do dinners every week, you know, dinners once a month and fill a place and pay for people's dinner and just tell my story in 25 minutes. And the thing is, when you tell your story, no one, no one could call you on your story. Like no one does your story better than you. That's what I want you to understand if you listen to this. No one could do my story better than me because it's my story. So there should be no insecurity about, oh, should I tell my story? Yes, because it's your story. It's, it's, it's your unique fingerprint of experience. And that's what uplifts and inspires people that might be in a bad spot. So doing these dinners every month, 
and getting those videos out, which was the same talk, it would just uh, it really exploded. I mean, I remember we grew two thousand patient visits in 19 months. It was insane wow. uh, because of that one thing, because you're right. I made, you're right. When was the moment I made a decision that, you know what? I'm not holding back anymore. Like I remember you're right. It wasn't the words. It was a decision. I was, I made a decision that just, I'm not going to hold back anymore because you know, my story is valid. It was more of a self-confidence thing. It was more of like, my story is valid. My story can help people. And I could you and you know what if I don't tell my story that experience I went through will uh will be for granted it would be it would be for granted I would be taking it for granted where that experience I could tell my story so nobody has to go through that and so that was just kind of the 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 turning point for me where it was like you know, and that's when I really got very transparent with the story because I realized the deeper I go in that story, the more transparent, the more uh, super graphic and real, then the more I know I could connect with people. I mean, you said something so big there. The people are afraid of their story yeah. and you're afraid of it. And why do you think people are afraid of the story? Because we're where people think. We base our, we're living our lives based off the visions, values, and uh, opinions of other people. When you could get into, if you really understand that you were brought into this world as a creative being, and you're creating your own life. You know, this is your life. It's not dependent. You know, here's the thing: you need to be an allower, meaning that, you know, I am who I am, and I also allow others to be who they are. So we're allowers. So um, whether you approve of me or not. I am allowing of that anyway. Like, you know, I get to be who I am and live the life and have the desires I like. And I want to, here's the goals I have. Like I could be Chris and I, I allow anybody to be who they were. So when someone, when people were trollers or haters, it's like empathetically, you know, they could absolutely be who they are. And knowing that my life cannot be dictated by the opinions and thoughts of other people. And so once you remove that and say, one thing I'll tell you for sure, when you speak your story, transparently and just real the way it is, even if someone doesn't agree with you, people might, might disagree with you, but they'll respect you. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's hey, I, they'll be like, I disagree, but I, you know, like, you know, I'm glad it worked for you. So they might not believe in my, my health, um, um, aspect or my delivery of health, my, my, my healthcare delivery system, but they, they sure damn appreciate my story. Hey, listen, I don't agree totally with you, but I, I mean, I'm glad it worked for you. So there's a mutual respect. Like we could, we could, everybody could, you know, we could agree to disagree, but no one could say, oh, your story is BS because yep. it's your story. And once you get over that and realize, and then when you do it and you really, you know, this is the answer I've been looking for. And you realize you feel like, wow, I am, you know, I went through that to heroically uplift somebody else. That doesn't have to go, go what I go through. So this, if you're watching this, you could have had a rough childhood. You could have had a horrible, you could have went through a horrible relationship. You could have went through abuse. You could have went through rape. You could have, you could have went through sickness and disease. You could have went through, uh, you could have had a beautiful upbringing with all the money in the world, but you never saw your dad because he was busy hustling and making money and you never saw your father. I mean, like there's, everybody has an amazing experience and journey that, it, it, it really made us who we are, and why not, why not we talk about that? And you're saying, well, how does that relate to me running a cupcake factory? How, you know, because you could bring your story and intertwine it into your product services idea anyway and very easily. But if you're right, like, so if I, I'm, the reason I'm saying, if I ran a cupcake factory right now, how can I um, bring 
having a, a life-threatening disease involved in. I can intertwine that in a way where it's like, listen, you know, and when I got my health back, I wanted so, and that's the, these are big ideas, big big ideas that you have here. And uh, for for those of you that might have picked up, uh, it looks like our broadcast might have stopped to Facebook and it's back on. Uh, on a side note, Tony Grebmeyer says hi, Doctor. Um, my heart and surroundings. So, um, kind of by default in the beginning. When my wife and I started the practice, like we canceled cable because it was just money. We just didn't have to pay for, you know, we literally like we didn't have money to pay for cable. So why have cable? So we, we didn't have TV, you know, we really didn't need to read the newspaper. So we really protected our heart and our mind. Um, and so I, I didn't have those outside influences. I just kind of went on what I felt was right. And, uh, I mean, there are some things people say, you know what, you're, you're kind of taking a stand on that, but it, it was but I realized that when it came when it came from a good place, I really could get away with saying anything because it's coming from a good place, you yeah. know. And then then therefore there was no closing needed. Like it was just recommendations. I didn't have to. I never I never had a sell, you know. I just here's my recommendations, and people wanted what I had to say. That's awesome. That is awesome. So let's talk about now. At what point did you say I need to move beyond the practice? And I need to do something bigger. I need to help people. I mean, it was there. I checked it all off. And then it's happened to dad. Just like, and he said, what happened to dad in a way, guys, like if you were there and felt it, it was like, he is just not the same person anymore. Like there's like, he lost something. And it was because your kids, your kids could sense things more than anybody else. And so I knew in that moment, I can't hide this anymore. So I started questioning my why, why, like what is and uh, I said, well, I want to help people. Yeah, but why? Because my heart started getting calloused. And I wasn't really finding able to, to get this purpose or why down. Then finally, I was just frustrated. I'm like, you know what? I just want to be admired for achieving great things and doing something in the world to contribute that's never seen before. That's why. And even though I might have sounded selfish, it was the only thing that I felt my heart open up. And so I got on my phone and I started typing in achievement, contribution, uh, you know, admired. I just typed in those words. I just want to see, like, I'm trying to figure myself out. And then I'm going down Google and I see the, uh, I see the definition of hero. I'm like, hero. Uh, and then the definition of hero is one who is admired or idealized for courage, contribution, outrageous achievement, or nobility. I'm like, oh my God. I go, like, that's my purpose statement right there. First to have a superhero title. I beat a life threatening terminal disease to later on become a doctor. Why? To go save lives. You know, so I, I, I had the achievement. And I had the contribution, but I had to face up and realize I didn't have the courage to really allow myself to be who I was truly created to be. And because I realized I was living a secret identity. So through, through trying to check off all the boxes, meaning that trying to have that life that we were told we want to have, checking off all the boxes, you know, I took it on that secret identity. See, I found my identity in being the doctor, right? So the identity was being Dr. Zeno and everything there. So in order for me to extend my reach and to impact in the world in a way it's never seen before, even outside the health and wellness field, it meant that I had to leave the comfort of that identity because I felt if I left the comfort of that health and wellness field, I lost my identity. So every time I would do it, I would just get scared. I shrunk. I mourned. And uh, I just sat back down, didn't do anything. And I realized that that feeling I was having of depression or burnt out or numb or disengaged – what all those feelings were – the reason why I was having those feelings is because I, I, I was really – none of those feelings, I realized in that moment, I was just grieving my potential the entire time. So that was the feeling. So if you're sitting there and you have this – you're unsettling, 
you may just be grieving your potential. And it was that, that interherence side. So I decided, you know, um, you know, I was living a half a life, therefore half my potential. So on the outside, everything looked great, but I knew there was more. And, but it was very scary because I was willing about to do something. I was willing to leave a comfort zone. I was willing to leave the, the, the cushion of all this thing that I have created to do something that would be more fulfilling, would create happiness and make a bigger impact in the world. So I started the I Am Hero Project only after I went through what I call the four pillars on my own. So I have to do it myself first. And those four pillars I call Hero Rising. Hero Rising is a four-step methodology where – and I'm going through it right now. You know, Number one, I had, to, I had to embrace the hero mindset. So I realized that you know, this greed of my potential is because I knew I was destined for even bigger things. And just getting that hero mindset, uh, knowing that things don't have to be perfect, just do the best I can and other, other factors, personal development. But then after that, it was then maximizing your superpower. So what are my superpowers? So from my life experience, when my superpower was able to tell stories, my superpower was able to do video and, and connect. And then I had to choose my vehicle. So my vehicle was video. It was speaking. And then on what, and what did I love to do? Now, how do I take what I love to do? Cause a lot of people, they're working a job and they're getting paid, but they don't love it. So how can we take what we always love to do? And actually monetize it so we could actually live a life that we love versus living this life that we thought we had to do. And then uh, the fourth pillar is monetizing your message for the purpose of, for the survival of your legacy. And for me, I realized because moving out of a brick and mortar into this whole internet and, and, and worldwide thing, it meant that I wasn't a superhero in a lot of areas. So it meant that I had to seek out other superheroes, you know, who knew internet, who knew course building, who knew video. Like, so I realized, wow, I, I know what my my strength is. So now I teamed up with other superheroes who are super, have amazing abilities in those areas because there's fears and fogs. The reason why no one moves forward is because when you get inspired of, of an idea you, you would love, you get all excited, and that inspiration is truth. That's the real you. That means go. But then you think, well, I don't know how to do this. You have fears and fogs. Well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to build a website. I don't know anything about Facebook ad. I don't know anything about LinkedIn. Over and over. So you, then you just back it up with all the reasons why you can't. And when you say the word but, all you're doing is you're justifying your limitations. So instead of – and the longer you stay there, then you just give up, quit. And you, But here's the problem. It's so easy to go back to what you were doing because it was good, but it wasn't great. And so then I wrote down my fears and fogs, my weaknesses, and then I just hired out um, – like, yeah, we got that. And so I'm able to move forward and not lose momentum. And it's really been an amazing journey and ride. And now that's what I teach to people around the world. Awesome. So I am hero.com. Um, that's your website. Who is the perfect person to be coming to I am hero.com and working with you? Tell me about these people that you're serving. Uh, the, the ideal avatar, of course, the, the principles work for everybody. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, I would, you know, I used to say it was for people in a midlife crisis, but there's no such thing as a midlife crisis. It's, it's a crisis of life. It could happen at 13. It could happen at 50. It's when, it's when that secret identity and that hero clash and someone's got to win. So the, the issue with the crisis of life, when you go through this crisis or this unsettling feeling, the scary part is at the other end of it, you're not going to meet the person that you think you wanted to be or the person you thought you should be. You're going to actually meet who you were created to be. And that could be really scary for someone, especially in their 40s, because it's like, wow, I'm actually going to be introduced to me, 
or I'm actually reintroducing myself to who I was as a kid, you know, with the dreams and imaginations. And so, you know, anywhere between that, I would say between 30 and 50 year old, uh, that's, that's, you know, that feeling. If you're listening, you know that there's some unsettling issue. The fact, when I said the, the term grieving your potential, that should have hit you right in the gut because you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that would be the actual per, uh, perfect person that you've done it. You know, you got the confidence that you could do something, but you just realize there's just something more and you're destined for greatness. And now, you know, financially doing well. Now it's time to do something that you always wanted to do, but be able to monetize it and really, really have fun and enjoy life doing it. That's yeah. And I mean, that's what life's all about. Right. And it's, but you still have to work. I think that's a big thing. Oh yeah. It's, it's still work. It's not about, you know, but if you work, the work is more fun. Right. Well, yeah, check this out. So when you, what I mean by that is so all I know is when I do video or speaking, that is when I feel I'm in the zone. I have more – like right now, after this podcast, I have way more energy than when we started. I am happy right now. I'm sweating, okay, because I'm just in a good state. I'm a, like I'm pumped. Um, I could go without eating. I don't need – like I need less sleep. So watch this. So if, if I do something that puts me in this wonderful, happy place, why would I only want to do it four hours a week? I Like – I, when you're in, when you're doing your thing or you're in your groove, your zone, it's like, it's like almost like a, an amazing, you're tapped into the universe in a different way. It's like, this is why you would do it a hundred hours a week. So you're absolutely right. It's like, no, 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 you're going to actually work more than you ever worked before. But it's like every hour of that work is, is actually healing your body. It's, you're more energy, you have more energy, you're happier. You need less, like you are tapped in on another level. Like when you look at the Anthony Robbins and you look at everyone, like, they don't make their money from what we see them doing. They make money of things that are not sexy at all, but they do this because this is their quote-unquote drug. This is the thing that makes them feel alive. So if you could find something that makes you feel alive that you would do for free but actually make an income, like why, would, why wouldn't I want to stay there 100 hours a week? So by default, you're so right. You're going to work. You're going to actually put in more time than you do in your regular job, but it's going to be, it's going to be so much happier, so much more fulfilling. It, uh, it won't feel like work because it's actually, uh, recharging you as you, here's the perfect example. The, uh, the reward is the doing, the, the, the reward becomes the doing of that. So I'm not doing it for this end result. My reward is the – like right now, my reward is the actual doing of this podcast. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. That is uh, so cool, and I, I'm, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. for Thank you for letting me be a part of that and letting us all be a part of that. And I think you know a lot of people look at this stuff like it's work. Oh, it's something else I have to do. It's something else I have to do. But you found the thing that you enjoyed and started going down that. And that's I think that's critical in marketing. Because you, it's 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 work. You got to keep pushing it. You got to keep pushing it and doing more and more and more of it. Um, so in I am hero on IamHero.com, is this something you're helping people find? Are you helping them find those places? Oh, it's the the whole thing. It's to, it's for people to give themselves permission to allow themselves to enter in those places. Because that's the thing. They know a lot of people know what it is. And if someone says, well, I don't know what it is. No, you do know. That's just your secret identity trying to survive, right? Because if you were to find it out and realize this is purpose, your secret identity would have to die. So it's a, it's a point where you get to yourself, be like, you can do that. Well, I don't know. Yes, you can. And, but then they say, well, but I don't know. How to, well, don't worry about the buts. Here's the team that's going to 
candle all your butts and your and your fears and fogs. But it's a point we're getting to the point where it says I can do that because you know we, we know plenty of hundred millionaires that are depressed, suicidal, have crappy relationships because they're good at making money. They're good at like they see that as an ends to me, but they never they really didn't enjoy. There's been no enjoying of it. So the thing is like I would rather do what I love to do, like you said. Even though it seems like I'm working a lot, but why wouldn't I do it? Because it's it's just the place where I'm my true authentic self. I'm the greatest gift I could give myself to the world and my family and have fun and at the same time, you know, have the team be able to do it. So I definitely help people get there. But most of but that embracing the hero mindset is realizing that everybody can realize, like, I can do that and feel good about it. Because I think through dogmas, listen, this is just stuff we were raised with through dogmas, whether it be teachers and preachers and institutions like – People feel bad about that. They're like, no, no, no. I, like you almost feel guilty that you could actually do something that you love and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like so this is the thing with other – like they're, they're, I get – when I work with so much guilt in them or this predetermined belief system that they realize like you could, you could do that and be okay and still be a, a gift to the world at the same time. So once you get through that, then we find them the, the players and the team and the strategy to really enjoy the life because you, they made it. I mean, you, you got the experience, you got the story. Now let's do it in something they truly love doing. Uh, a real quick story: I had a guy. He sold. Uh, he he uh, worked, He had a company with Minolta. He sold that. And a week later, after he sold his company, I saw him at the gym. He's like, I am massively depressed because he kind of lost that. Thing. Like, yeah, he made you know ridiculous amount of money from it, and he, you think he would be happy in his 40s selling a $100 million company. And I said, so what do you want to do now? And he's like, you know what? I, I, I love wrestling, like you know, like wrestling, like in high school. So he's, he's start, actually, we worked together. He's starting a digital program on wrestling and just helping people in wrestling. So you see, it's about doing what he loves and what he really appreciates and giving back. Um, I know, as if you think – when you reach a certain number, it's all going to magically happen. It's not. In fact, the, more, the higher you rise and the more money you make, and if that was the issue, you're going to have more to lose. So that scarcity and depression will hit you even harder. But when you could say, listen, like this guy went from selling a couple hundred million dollar company to, you know what? I just really enjoy helping kids wrestle because he loved wrestling in college and he, like, and he lit up. And now he went out of depression. He was driving his wife crazy. That's how, that's how bad this could happen. So don't ever judge someone on the outside saying they have it all. You never know. You know who, you know who has it all? The person who feels complete and fulfilled on the inside with them and their entire family. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, you said so much there about in that story about like getting to a place. But also, I think the idea here, you know, what are the excuses for not moving forward with something like this? If I own a business right now, you know, right. I own a business. Why yeah. would I not be going to IamHero.com? You know, why, why do people not move forward with something like this? Because they feel like this is just the way, like, you know, they're okay with mediocre stuff. Remember, society promotes mediocrity because, you know, everybody says, well, I mean, you're doing good. But I think heroically, we were created to be great. You know, so things are good. I would say, like, I mean, look at my practice. Things were good. Things were great. They were amazing. They still are. I'm still running it, right? Mm-hmm. But, but the thing is, it's here. It was about following my bliss. It was about, like, you know, I just, I was created for just a bigger impact. And here's the thing. And in the beginning, you just know there's, like, you didn't know exactly what it was, but you know there was some substance out there. And how I developed everything, because I was, how, how do I, you just don't jump out of your job. It's like, 
um, I started doing Facebook Lives on these kind of downloads I was getting every single day. And when I did Facebook Lives every day, I would get feedback from the market or from the people and on certain concepts I was talking about. So I developed the entire I'm Hero system through Facebook Lives going back and forth. That's how I developed the content. I was, I was co-creating with people, and it really started to snowball and become something. But the thing is I knew like instead of waiting for this, new, this, this next entity to happen, I just started doing what made me feel good. So for that 10 minutes a day when I did a Facebook Live, I noticed, like I was telling, in that moment, I was sweating. In that moment, I was happy. In that moment, I was free. In that moment, I wasn't depressed. In that moment, I was love. So I, t- I said, listen, even though I'm not getting paid for this, I am aware that something good is happening here. See, this is, guys, this is how basic it was. In the beginning, I was like, I don't know what it is, but I am in a really good place for these 10 minutes. So I'm going to do whatever I take to stay here. And it evolved organically and grew into something absolutely amazing. So this is why I, you just start doing now. So everybody has dreams. What are your dreams? What are your goals? Don't listen to people who say you can't do it. And really listen to your ideas like a kid. Like I always tell people, become childlike again. Not childish, childlike. You know, a kid, we would imagine flying. We'd imagine going to the mood. So the imagination is get – the reason why we don't think like a kid anymore is because we were told by people, oh, you're dreaming. Don't be childish. That's delusional. Be be realistic. But like Elon Musk just sent something to Mars. Like do you understand like – the greatest people, like this freaking iPhone, guys, like, are you kidding me? It's like, this is like alien technology because this was an imagination of somebody. We're talking on, we're talking live. Like, just think, like, imagination is the future. And, and I think even Einstein said, imagination is greater than knowledge. So if we could just become a kid again, and when you imagine and you smile and you have fun, go that direction. And so whether it be video, whether it be right, whatever that is, so you know what it is, but you got to allow, your, allow, allow yourself to explore it and have fun with it. And then once you start, all I need to help someone is I need a little bit of thread, knowing that there's something, a little bit I could grab onto, and then we could easily build an infrastructure and a business and monetize it. But just I need a little bit of strong, a little bit of thread, and then we could build it from there. Wow. That is such awesome, awesome information. Um, I really appreciate being on. Uh, we've been on for a while, and I, but I want to ask you a couple more questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, on a technical note, because this is a marketing yeah. show, yes. what's the thing in marketing right now working the best for you? Um, I would definitely say, uh, you know, Facebook was doing really, really well. Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook ads and my lives there, but for some reason, Instagram is. Uh, like my mom, my 80 year old mom switched over to Instagram from Facebook. So something, right? So, so, and that's, you notice that we're laughing about it, but that's a trend. Like when my 80 year old mom goes from Facebook to Instagram, why? Is there a lot of clutter on Facebook? Is Instagram faster? Now that they still have the stories, right? I could still do my lives on Instagram. So for some reason, that's actually really blowing up for me and my Instagram ads there. Uh, because again, but you're right. So it's my vehicle of video. So video for me happens to be a uh, Facebook and, and, uh, Instagram. And uh, that's been the best, more than YouTube, in fact. So that's been uh, really, really awesome for me. And I, and I could really engage. And I'm finding that I'm getting more engagement on Instagram, too. I don't know if it's speed. What do you think? Um, I, I think a, a lot, it, like you said, a lot of the clutter has gone. Um, you know, there's, and most of it's positive. You know, there's, it, it's not one of those things that you can put a lot of negative stuff on. It's no one's, you know, and you can't repost a negative article. You can't repost anything. So it has to be you. I think that's what people like about it is that it's just you. It's raw you. Um, and it's hard for people to, you know, do a lot of negative stuff. Um, and I think the Instagram stories are great. 
that you get a connection with people. So I, that's awesome. I'm so glad. What would you that. say? What, what would be your opinion right now? Because, you know, because I really think like everybody has their own kind of, so, so for you right now, what's working the best for you? Um, you know, I mean, my podcast, I love yeah. my podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Voice. Yeah. The yeah. Voice and just to connect with people. Um, and you know, and we're getting some LinkedIn strategies going and Instagram's, you know, Instagram works in certain places for us mm-hmm. because we're all over the board because we're helping clients with video across the board. Um, Facebook, you know, Facebook video is still working, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's honing the content. I think people have to hone the content more and more, get those stories down. You can't just simply drive a bunch of traffic anymore. You have to have good content and engage your audience. Like you, I think what you said about crowdsourcing your program, seeing what they really want. I think so many people just build this thing and think, oh, if I build it, they'll come. No, you have to pay attention to what people want. And I think that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, I really love voice. You're absolutely right. And the reason why I said because I really haven't gotten into the podcast or voice, but you're so right because voice, it saves people time. They can listen to it in their car. And that's really tremendously growing. Uh, it, it, saves, it saves people time. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Zeno, thanks so much for being on. I am hero.com. Um, yep. Make sure you guys all go to it. Check it out. Uh, and what's the best way to get in touch with you besides that? Um, just uh, either go to Facebook, Dr. Zaino, D-R dot Z-A-I-N-O, or Instagram, Dr. Zaino. I answer all comments and all messages. You're always getting a hold of me. And then, you know, at imhero.com, there's four master classes. Pick whichever one or four you want. Uh, I made them for you guys uh, for this limited time only. So just enjoy them. And, uh, again, any feedback, any questions, just reach out. That's, that's, one of my, that's one of my congruent values. It's like I, you know, as long as I can, I will always, always – I'm the one who answers the comments and messages because that's because uh, that's true social media. You yeah. know, I want to be social. I want to engage with you guys. So, any questions? You just let me know. Awesome, Dr. Sano, so generous. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been fantastic, uh, and look forward to seeing your success with this and and seeing how all the lives you influence. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much, guys. And if you're listening to this and you like this episode, please rate it high. And uh, if you want me back, just let them know. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure they will. All right. Thank you so much for watching. And if you've been listening to this, you can go over to Facebook and watch it. Uh, Thanks for bringing Dr. Zeno and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. You know your patients' stories are the most powerful tool in your marketing arsenal. But have you been having trouble collecting those stories, creating truly great videos, or even getting the patients in for the interview? Authentic Web, we can take care of that from start to finish. Whether your patients are local or live far away, we can help you collect, craft, and deliver the perfect patient story. Just visit AuthenticWeb.media, contact us, call us, and we will help you create the strategy to create the perfect video case story. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.